Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. I know it's been a long day, but it feels so good just to be in the house of God. Amen. To feel his presence. Amen. The songs that we're saying feels good just to worship in this house tonight. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Pastor, I wholeheartedly agree there was some preach going on. I wish you'd have just kept right on preaching because you walked all over my notes. I could have just handed you my notes and you could have just kept right on in stride. I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more myself. But I do feel a word from God and I feel as uh, coming into the service and feeling God, I do believe God spoke to me. Um, God's going to give somebody something to help them along the way tonight. Whether you use it tonight or tomorrow or the next week or the following week, you're going to use it. And I believe God's wanting to speak specifically to someone tonight, and I just want to be the mouthpiece. I don't want to step myself out of the way and allow God to move and work in this house tonight. Amen. Can we turn in our Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 12? We'll read a couple of verses of Scripture. 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 18 and it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died, and the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, he spake unto them, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead, and therefore David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. And then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Amen. In verse 20, he came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Amen. Psalms 138. In verse 1, last text that we'll have tonight, Psalms 138 and verse 1 says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship towards thy holy temple. Praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthens me with strength in my soul. Amen. Can we lay our Bibles down, ask God to anoint us, anoint our ears to hear the word of God tonight. Heavenly Father, we love you, Jesus. We worship you. We thank you, Master, for this opportunity to be in your house tonight. Touch us, God. Allow our minds to be on you, Jesus. We need you, Master. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I magnify your name. I magnify your name, Jesus. Tonight, do a work, God. You see who you're wanting to speak to, God. Let them hear your word. God, pull them in with your word and speak to their heart right now, Master. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you help me preach tonight, you may be seated. Looking through scriptures, you cannot truthfully read through and respond to scriptures without getting a revelation 
that we must praise the Almighty God. There is particular denominations and ministers and saints in church that do not feel that obligation. They feel that they must go through motions, they must follow uh, traditions each and every service, and there is no real worship unto God. They place their head in the sand and they look beyond because they must abide by and check off the list of the things that needs to happen in their service. But the Bible is full of examples. We see through that the Scripture gives us examples where we are admonished, admonished to praise God. And we see this in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. People sang and danced to all sorts of songs and psalms unto God. We see where people danced, and we can reference in our mind, looking back in scriptures we read, they leaped for joy, and as the lame man was healed, he then went out, and the gate called Beautiful, and left leaping and praising God. We also see where they wept unto God. They shouted with a great voice. They played musical instruments, and they shook tambourines, and did little jigs, and they clapped their hands, raising their hands unto God, all to praise and worship God. But they didn't just do what looked good. They also done where they bowed down and reverenced unto God. And they humbled themselves, lying prone before God on the ground. And they beat on their chest. And they took their coats off and threw them on the ground and grabbed palm leaves and waved them in the air and threw them on the ground before a Savior, all to worship and magnify God. Things that doesn't look like it's ordinary and in any service, but they took things to the extreme. They wanted to confront the issue of there will be praise, as the scripture says, in my heart, and I will conduct myself. We read in Psalms chapter 33 and verse 1, I'll read it in the English Standard Version. It says, Shout for joy in the Lord, O ye righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise befits it. It makes good upon the frame of the saint of God when you're cloaked in praise. It makes yourself look good in the presence of God that you are focused on him and him alone when you have praise draped over your shoulders and you're saying it's just me and you, mighty God. But when you see someone that is professing to be full of the Holy Ghost and they walk this way and they have their testimony and when they're cloaked with the garment of heaviness you can see it on the frame pastor you know something's wrong something is not right something is not settling just quite right with them they walk in the house of God and and their feet are shuffling and they just seem to flop themselves down in the pew and it just seems like they barely made it there they're wearing the garment of heaviness we look through scriptures where God doesn't want us to wear that garment. He wants us to be able to praise unto an almighty God. Christianity without praise and worship is a religion without key ingredients to make it sustainable, something that will lift you up. If it's all about just reading scriptures and you never give anything back to God, you might as well pull out a psalm book and just read, you know, Psalm 91 and just read through it and gratify yourself. But when you can talk to the Almighty God who penned those words and pushed them down to his prophets and his ministers and his preachers and said, give this to the people, saints of God, there's some interaction between heaven and earth that nothing else can compete with. It's called praise and worship. It flows from the depths of our hearts and something changes inside of us when he says, he brought me out of the miry clay. It means something. Not just talking about material and substance and things you can dig out of the ground. 
we somehow naturally understand that when God has done something great for us, that we should outwardly praise him. Someone were to stand up and say, God healed me of a disease, healed me of cancer. Even the quietest, most stoic, most reserved church could not keep you quiet because you know your physical body was hanging between life and death, but a master reached down and healed your body, gave you what you needed. Nothing can stifle the praise that wants to flow out of the hearts of mankind. God works out a financial miracle in your behalf. You look in your bank account and money's there. You didn't expect to be there. You're not just going to have the molly grubs and walk around and drag your lip on the ground. You're going to tell your husband, your wife, your children, say, God came through one more time again. And you're going to lift your hands and say, God, why should I ever doubt what you can do in my life? Why should I ever think that you couldn't pull through and do it again? I'm going to give you some praise for what you did for me. When a prayer you've long prayed and it's finally fulfilled, God fulfills that prayer you prayed and someone you love and have longed to be in the house of God walks through the back doors and sits down next to you and said, time is now for me to change my life. Nothing can stop the praise that wants to come out of your heart and say, I've prayed gallons of tears just for your name, just for you to walk in and say this to me. When God does something great for you, it should also be a natural response inside of us that praise just flows. You don't care who's around. You don't care who's looking at you. The stares that look at you say, what in the world are you doing? People don't care. I was in a unique setting this last week. I was in meetings in South Carolina, and I had something happen I've never had happen in a work environment. We were in... A remote location and out in the middle of nowhere, middle of 16,000 acres, and uh, they had a lodge there and where all these other people from the industry were there. And we're getting ready to have dinner. And as we're standing there, everybody's standing there, about 60 of us. The leader of the group that had hosted the meeting says, you know what, we're going to do something that we don't normally see in our environment, but we're going to thank God for what he's put on the table in front of us. I have never ever seen anything like that in my career to stand there I stood there in awe I cannot believe this is happening and the first time it happened everybody mumbled a little hey man everybody grabbed their plates and goes through the line by the last day they did it the dinner again they prayed there was a resounding amen from everybody in attendance saints of God you can do something and it catches on Everybody else can be in the molly grubs and thinking God can't do this and God can't do that and forget about my testimony and I prayed that prayer so many times but let you come dancing in the back doors full of praise saying God did it one more time and he can do it again. It's going to rub off. You keep coming in. You keep praising. You keep worshiping because the God of glory is going to reward you saying that's my son, my child, my daughter and whom I'm well pleased and everybody else is going to say they seem to be on top of everything. No, I'm just praying and the God who's done everything for me. We learn in our text, looking through, looking at David, in Psalms chapter 138 and verse 1, it says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. If you look at the text, you'll see that that's lowercase gods. 
want to title this message, Praise Before Gods. We look at the scripture. David is praising before gods. You read that in face value and you say, has he lost his mind? Has he decided to start worshiping things that were not of God and Jehovah? What, what is going on with David? But you look at it, it's startling to see where this praise is happening. But I give thanks, O Lord. David, where are you giving thanks? I'm in the presence of gods. He's talking about the idolatrous worshipers. He's standing in the ranks of his enemies, and something inside of him says, I must worship God. Something down deep inside of him says, no matter what is going on, I will praise with my whole heart. I will give everything within me, no matter who's looking me in the eye, Brother Tolstad, no matter who's saying, hey, be quiet over there, no matter who's saying, don't believe that report, God's saying, worship me with your whole heart, and I'll be there with you. He's not worshiping idols or himself, but he's worshiping the God who says in the midst of sinful things and idolatry all around you, you worship a pure heart and lift it unto God and say, God, you're the one I want to talk to right now. I could bow my knee to people and idols and rituals and things of this world and possessions of this world, but God's saying, my son, my son, it's just you and me right now, and we're going to talk about this thing you're wanting to worship me about. Saints of God, when we see rampant sin and wickedness and idolatry all around us, the correct response is worship. When we see everything wanting to push against us and say, you can't do that, the correct response is worship. We look back at David. He showed us that praise is the correct response, even though it's not the first thing we tend to have. We tend to be full of when things aren't going our way, we tend to beat upon ourselves, Pastor. We tend to, oh, I didn't do the right thing. It's not going my way. But David laid out an example before us through Scripture. And I'll just touch on a couple of stories. David had this down pat. We looked through Scriptures and we'll see where he walked in with the entire army of Israel hiding in the bushes. And David looks up at Goliath and they're all in fear of him. And David says a few words that were of praise. He says, my God is able to defeat him. David was praising his God, saying, you've done it before. You'll do it again. David, when he walked in the midst of the Philistines and realized that he had made a grave mistake, the Scripture says he feigned madness. If you look through the Hebrew over 50 times, it refers to praise. David stood in the courtyard of his enemy and began to praise God. And guess what they did the very next thing? They let him go. Your enemy is going to circle around you, saints of God. They're going to tell you you can't do that. You're not successful. You'll never amount to anything in the kingdom of God. You're standing in the courts of your enemy. But if you'll just do what David did, begin to worship God. They'll think you're mad. You're crazy. Everything's stacked against you. Nothing's going your way. But there's just something down deep inside of me that says, I must praise the Creator. I must glorify God. They've got to let me go. The enemy has no hold on me because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed over all of my sins. He's given me a purpose and a future in my life. Think of me as mad and crazy and call me names and make fun of me. But there's something I must do in the presence of the Almighty God and that I must worship Him. 
The devil doesn't know what to do with someone who knows how to worship. The devil doesn't know what to do when he's got his hands on somebody that says, I beat them down as low as I could get them. I put every disease and affliction and sickness. I took everything away from them, Job, but he still worshiped God. Saying, if God just worship him, just give him the abundance of praise from your heart. The devil don't know what to do with you. You ever had a child that you say, I just don't know what to do. And you say, husband, uh, wife, take care of them. Had them all day. And they've just been a, a pill and they've been a handful. Just puts a smile on my face and the devil beats on me, wants to drag me down, wants to beat the family down. What joy it brings when I begin to pray to God. And he just says, devil, just like I, I can't do it. God, you're going to have to take him. He's unruly. He's not doing what I want to do. I want to beat him down. I want to, I want to run him down into the gutters of life, but praise is still there. When David got back to find that the enemy had raided his camp and taken his wife and children and all the families of the men and all his stuff, and the men begin to revolt. There's a scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. One translation says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Notice that we cannot just encourage himself or strengthen himself, but he went to the place of great strength in the Lord his God. He went to the place where he knew he could be refilled, the resource that could be poured out and says, hey, you're reaching for me, David. You need something. Well, here you go. And he gives it to him. It wasn't an empty-handed reach out from a Savior. It says, David, you're on your own this time. It was David reaching out in prayer saying, God, something inside of me has got to change. They're beating me up. It's rough. It's dangerous out there. My men are revolting against me. Everything has been taken from me, my possessions. We're fighting a battle and nothing's going my way. And he cries out and says, God, I need you. You've done it before. You can do it again. It's the faithfulness that he began to think of. He began to remind himself of the power of God. The praise began to stir within him to hear the voice of God that gave him the clear, concise direction, told him where his family was, told him where his possessions was, told him who to fight the battle with. It was putting himself in the frame of mind. I'm encouraging myself. Devil, you can't do anything against me because I'm encouraging myself. And God speaks. When all you can hear is the voice of your enemy, you can't hear the voice of God. He's not going to grab your face and scream into it and say, I'm trying to talk to you. He's waiting for you to listen for his voice. Listen to him. Let him give you direction. Our natural response is to have a pity party. Or even worse, blame God for all your problems. Say, I'm looking in this trial, God, and you've done this to me. And your scriptures promise things to me, and you haven't done anything for me. You're trying to blame God for all your problems right now. But if you ever get the revelation of praise, you won't stay there long. You won't stay there long. Pastor talked about it this morning, Paul and Silas sitting in a jail. They didn't stay there long. It wasn't because they started cussing and swearing and blaming God for their problems. There was a song in their heart. They began to sing a song the angels cannot sing. I've been redeemed. Pull me out of this problem, God. Give me the strength that I need. 
You're the only thing I can rely on right now, but saint of God, we can look back over our testimony and say, God, you've done it before. You can do it again. You're strengthening yourself in God. When you look back at your testimony and you give it value and you say, God, you've done it again. God, you've done it one, one more time and you've done it again. And every week you go through and you say, God, you're adding to my testimony continually. You're strengthening my walk in you. You're strengthening yourself in God. You might as well go ahead and praise God in every situation you have. You know why? It's because victory is imminent. You can look at scriptures and you can see where when men of God begin to march into battle, they had people praising and worshiping before the soldiers. It's because they're sitting there saying, praise be unto God. He's our deliverer, our friend. He's our refuge in the time of trouble. Saints of God, there's no time to, set up, to, to crumple up the songs in your heart and say, they mean nothing to me. They have no value to me. But saint of God, pull them out and read those words where God has healed you and touched you, where God reached down in your life and gave you some purpose, gave you some reason. Those songs mean something. They represent you. They're not just words on a piece of paper, but it's your praise pouring out from the depths of your soul. The Bible says the child lived, but David refused to eat, and he prayed and wept and fasted before God and beseeched God to be merciful. He was so humble before God and so distraught that the servants were afraid to even approach him and tell him what had happened to his son. But if we pay attention to David's response, in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 19, it says, When David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. And then he came into his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Once the child was dead, David washed himself and changed his clothes and changed his appearance and his frame of mind and said, I've got to go on from this point. God has dished out his judgment on me. He's taken away my son. There's nothing I can do about it. In verse 21, it says, In the servants said, uh, then his servants then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child. While it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Should I bring him back again? I should go to him, but he should not return unto me. Praise and worship was the antidote for David's problem. If you're familiar with the story, this is the baby of Bathsheba. It wasn't something David did right. He wasn't walking in promise and saying, I followed every step of the way, Master, and I, I've never slipped, I've never fallen by the wayside. But David was in the middle of a mistake and recovering from what God is going to do to his life. He sat there and, is, and fasting and praying and weeping unto God, waiting for the punishment to see what's going to happen with the son. God took a son away, but David then got up says, I'm going to praise. Even in the midst of everything going wrong in my life, I'm going to praise. I don't know what problem you're going through. I don't know how disappointed you are in yourself tonight, but you better find some praise in your life. God's not punishing you right now. You just got to find your praise. God hasn't overlooked you where you sit right now. You just need to find your praise. 
God's not sitting there saying, he's not my son or my daughter anymore. They haven't been faithful. They're not doing this. They're not abiding by the scriptures. You just got to find your praise. You got to say, God, put out the punishment on me. I'll take it like a man. I'll take it like a woman. Because when you're done, I'm going to get up and I'm going to praise you for it. Because you disciplined me because you love me. And you're going to let me find something inside of me where I can lift my hands. And some moisture will find the corner of my eye. And praise begin to flow from my heart and say, God, you still love me. When the judgment of God has come in your life, praise is the correct response. God's dealt it out. Take it full in stride. Because Jesus never whipped his back. He never nailed himself to a cross. He never pushed the crown of thorns on his head. He never crucified himself. Why should you? Just take it in stride and praise him. Don't try to be something that God was not on the cross. He didn't take a spike and hammer it into his arm and pierce his side and spit in his own face. Why should you? Saying to God, find your praise. Listen carefully. You can't be anything more than God was. So pick yourself up. Tie your shoes. Wash your face. Anoint yourself. Find a place of prayer and praise God. Quit looking down on yourself and being in the molly grubs. Change your appearance around you. I've been laying on the couch and no shower and not shaving. I'm so depressed and I can't do nothing with my life. And my job's gone. Family's gone. Everything's gone in my life. Find your praise in your life tonight. Everything can turn around. Everything can change. Joy and peace and sleep that you haven't had in years. Find your praise. Can we stand tonight in closing? Stop beating yourself up over your past. You can't go back and change anything. Peter, no doubt, rue the day that he ever denied Jesus Christ. But there's some differences in Peter. He repented. He wept bitterly. He moved and let God reach into his life. And the last words of the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 24 and verse 50 says, And he then led them as far as Bethany, talking of Jesus, lifting up his hands. He blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted. He parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Who is they? They's the disciples. You know who's a part of that they? Peter. You know who wasn't a part of that they? Judas. Judas failed God. He denied him. Judas wasn't a part of those that were worshiping God in the temple every day. But might I remind you that just the main difference between Peter and Judas, they both wept over their betrayal. Both admitted they had done wrong. Both of them had seen what they had done and destroyed things in the people's perception. But Peter, when the judgment had been held against him, was finished. He praised God, and Judas did not. Judas went and hung himself and said, I must blame myself. I can't do anything different. But Peter found some praise, and he acted on it. The Scripture refers to it in the temple, praising. Last passage of Scripture in Psalms chapter 138 and verse 1 says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Your faithfulness, saints of God. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increase. 
All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of your ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows far from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against my, the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Saints of God, can we lift our hands and talk to him tonight? Heavenly Father, you're reaching for someone tonight. You gave this message. You prepared this day, Master, for someone to be able to find something they've laid to the side, something they haven't seen in so long, the praise unto the Creator, the praise unto the one who loves them and cares for them. Master, we need you to reach down and touch them where they're at tonight. We need you to reach into their life and remind them how good it is to call upon your name, how good it is to find something down deep in their heart to worship and praise you, God, how good it is to be able to lift their hands and open up their heart and pour out everything that's within them and say, God, I love you with a whole heart. I worship you through my discipline. I worship you through my trial. I'll find my praise for you tonight. Can we find us a place to pray this evening? Heavenly Father, we love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Master. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah, and his praise will continually be upon my lips. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's talk to him tonight.
Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship the Lord a little bit. Why don't we do what was preached tonight? Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise in this house tonight.
Just trying to break in right now. Turn around now. 
a little bit tonight. You'd go home feeling a whole lot better about your situation.
this is for all of you that are saying, well, if they'd just sing it one more time, I'd turn loose. Wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. One more time, I think I'll say it again. God's been so good to me and he's my closest friend. Yeah. Third Psalm, David said, 
God prepared a table. God prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemies. <laughs> Hallelujah. David's there worshiping and praising, and God said, man, I like that. Here, I'm going to bless you a little bit, David. I'm going to bless you a little bit right here in the presence of your enemies. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we ever, ever could learn, ever could learn the power of praise. Amen. The Bible said that through our praise, through our praise, he puts fetters, fetters and chains on their nobles and, and uh, those that are those that are over the wicked. Our, our praise, our praise begins to bind up the enemy. Hallelujah. Our praise gives us liberty and binds the devil. That's why the devil doesn't want you to praise. He wants you to be bound and your enemies to be loose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we could ever just see it. Maybe sometime we ought to kind of visualize in our mind every time we make a lap around this building, we're just putting chains around the devil's neck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got the end of that chain in one hand and we're just making laps around him and just wrapping him up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do know this. I heard a missionary, I heard a missionary, Brother Henry Ritchie. I've got great respect for the man, good man. Heard him tell about being in a conference one time. He said, he said, uh, I believe it was him. It was either him or somebody shared it with him, but he was the one telling the story. So they had a vision. And so they looked around the room, and there was kind of a, a ledge with the lighting, kind of like what we've got here. And he said, he looked around the room, and he said, all over that ledge, there were just demonic spirits that had come into that place. But he said, what I saw, he said, every time the people would shout hallelujah, he said, I watched another one of those spirits fall off of that ledge. There was something in, the, in, that, in that word hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Take that, devil. I'm just going to say hallelujah anyhow. Well, praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Goff. Tremendous message tonight. It's been a good day. It's been a good day. Really, really, I think God's trying to convey something to this church. I'm, I'm afraid we've grown a little comfortable about our worship. We, we, we just haven't, we just, we've been missing something for a while, not really turning loose in the Holy Ghost. And I think, I think this morning and, and again tonight, God's, God's just trying to tell us something. We, we got to get back to that. In fact, it's been several services now that God's been talking to us about that. We just got to get back to that old-fashioned worship. Amen. 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 I, I want us to get back to that. Get back to that. Praise God. I, I believe something happens when we start worshiping God. We start praising God. Amen. Things take place in the Spirit when we worship. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you tonight. What's our announcements for the week? Uh, 
The only thing I see says exit. Oh, there it is. All right. Prayer meeting Tuesday night. Fast days, Wednesday and Friday. Bible study Thursday. Outreach Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Youth service, illuminate Saturday, 6 o'clock. Cleaning team this week, Sister Trish. Sunday schedule, 10 and 6. And uh, what about the new converts, the uh, discipleship class? Is that this weekend too? All right, discipleship class next Sunday. We, we called it off this week because of the gardener service. But then uh, we still need candy for the candy rain on April the 20th. And then we've got our anniversary services coming up 24th through the 27th. Now, one other thing that I'm very excited about. We're, we're just, we're experiencing a lot of, a lot of things around here. And, and uh, the, uh, the starting of a daughter work, the fulfillment of a long-time dream, part of a dream, part of a dream. We're, uh, the dream involves starting many more of those, but, but the first one has started. And I believe this is just the beginning. Many more will be started. But something else, something else that I've felt like we've needed for a long time is going to happen beginning tomorrow. Beginning tomorrow, I actually have a secretary that's going to be here at the church. Praise God. My wonderful daughter, Andrea, has agreed to quit that job that she loved so much and go to work for her dad. And uh, I've been needing a secretary for a long time. I really have. I, I feel like sometimes I'm just meeting myself, coming and going, trying to get things done and stay on top of everything. And especially with the work in Africa and all that's going on there. And now we've got a daughter work that I'm, it is a daughter work. And uh, it's, it's not just like we're putting somebody out there on their own to start a church. But I'm going to be, be very, very much involved in that. And uh, I just, I need, I need a secretary. And so Sister Andrea is going to be here uh, at least most of the days of the week. And uh, she's still doing some schooling. And uh, we're going to work around her schedule. But it's going to take quite a load off of me. And I am very, very excited about that. And uh, just, just, I can't tell you how relieved I will be when there are certain responsibilities that I can just completely walk away from and uh, know that somebody else has got it covered. Uh, even when I've gone to Africa, there are things that, that I'm having to try to take care of, either do stuff way in advance or else I come home and it's all piled up. And then it takes me weeks and weeks to get caught up and get things done. And, and uh, so just having a secretary that can stay on top of all that is going to be such a blessing and then, you know, if, if you're needing to, to get me or you're needing to talk to me, it'll be easy just to call the church here. And, and uh, I'm going to try to set things up if I can figure out the technology where she's got a copy of my calendar and she'll know what's going on. And if she needs to schedule something, she'll be able to do that. And uh, she'll know where I'm at at all times. And so I, I just, I'm excited about it. I believe, that's, I believe that's progress. I believe that's a good thing. Amen. And... Um, so very, very, very happy about that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. God's doing great things. God's doing great things in Olathe. And uh, we are working, Brother 
Jared is working on having a postcard ready to get mailed out for Easter Sunday. We're going to mail out 5,000 of those right around this area, right around the church, and uh, get some, get our name out there, some name recognition, and hopefully just have tremendous, tremendous Easter services. Uh, God's blessed us through the years, and, and generally speaking, Easter Sunday, we just, we have a lot of visitors that come, and I'm very thankful for that. And, um, but I want to see even more come, and, and I want to see a lot of them receive the Holy Ghost and uh, see them baptized in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. And who knows, this Easter Sunday, may we, we may just get a whole group of folks from another town around here and have to go start a daughter work there, and, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. I, I just, you know, I might as well dream big. It's what my pastor told me to do years ago when I was preaching for... Elder Davis at home and, and got through preaching one night and went and knelt down at the pew there behind the pulpit and he came over and began to prophesy and one of the things he said, he said, dream big, dream big. So I've been trying to dream even bigger than I ever have and uh, I'm just believing God for great things. I believe in God for great things. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Any other announcements we need to make? don't know of anything. Brother Brandon, you know of anything. All right. All right. God bless you. Greet one another in the fear of God. You are dismissed. In Jesus' name.